Hi friends, my name is Ariel, a friend and disciple of Jesus and a communicator of the greatest narrative of all time, the gospel. And welcome to the Free Indeed podcast. It's been a while since I've got to say that, so I'm glad I'm finally getting another episode out. Thank you for your patience, guys. So without further ado, let me get into today's topic. So today's topic comes in light of the various heartbreaking stories involving influential Christian leaders such as Ravi Zacharias and many others. I sought to have a conversation to address the issue of Christian men and sexual sin in a way that would be healing, convicting, and reflective of the tension between the justness and grace of God. Me and my friend Tian, who I'll introduce in a minute, had so much to speak about. So this episode has been divided into two parts and um, this is part one of that conversation. Please note also that this conversation was recorded prior to the release of Arzim's full report on the issue involving Ravi Zacharias and his scandal and might exclude some crucial findings from that investigation. But references to him were merely reference points and the conversation covered a broader spectrum regarding sexual sin amongst Christian men. So with that said, here is part one of that. Enjoy. So in today's episode, I have a special guest with me, somebody whose opinion I trust a lot. With me today, I have Tian Scott. Tian, welcome. Hi, hi. Hello. Hello, Ariel. It's so great to have you here. Um, Tian knows me a little bit and knows that I can be quite an intense person. Mm. Um, And when it comes to these conversations, I wanted to find somebody who loves the Lord, who is a man, who's able to speak with grace as well as with conviction. Mm. So um, I believe that you encompass those things very well, Tian. So so welcome to the Free Indeed podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. It's long overdue. <laughs> it is, right? It is. And actually, you're my first guest. Oh, that's fantastic. First ever Free Indeed podcast guest. Oh, I so feel, I feel um, honored. Hopefully, it's not the last time. No, know. no. Definitely um, not. Looking forward to having more conversations. So going into today's topic, it's a little bit on the intense side. Quite a heavy topic um, for us Christians, particularly with sexual sin mm. and men in influence um, who commit these sexual sins. I think firstly, looking at it from the perspective of how it looks like to the world. Mm. Um, These men, I'm gonna drop some names, but not for the purpose of shaming, but just to give a little bit of context, like some of the the cases that have arisen more recently has been, for example, Ravi Zacharias. Mm. Um, His situation was that he was involved over a long period of time in unsavory sexual acts Mm. um, around women who were employed by him. Yeah. So this was at a day spa um, and he would kind of relieve himself sexually in front of them and they would have to witness this. Yeah. Um, some of those women stepped away from faith. Some of them had to go through a healing journey, mm. but this happened over a long period of time. Sure. Somebody else I'm thinking about that most people know, and this has gone quite mainstream, not mm. just through Christian circles, because he has been so out there. You yeah. know, He's already been an influence. Collins. So Collins has been um, quite known, and he's been on the like in the spotlight, yeah, quite a bit because of mm. this the situation. Another person who I don't think is that big, um, he's somebody that I followed quite like hectically back in the day, Art Azadia, and literally I didn't know about this until recently when I googled sure. where is Art Azadia? Like I haven't heard his sermons or anything, mm. and then all of this stuff came up where he was involved in sexual immorality. Um, 
some sources say that it's it was not the first time, but um, that's that wasn't proven. But this one where he ended up resigning from his church position mm. um, was quite hectic. If people know Beautiful Eulogy, it's a Christian rap band. Um, they come from his church. Awesome uh, music. Yeah. Great music, yeah. right? Good so, theology. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's yeah. like in some of the songs you'd hear him preach, like mm. he'd say, mm. give like little snippets and beautiful synopsis Powerful of stuff, the gospel. Yeah. 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 So Artazodia for me was just a big voice in kind of shaping my theology and yeah, shaping the way that I think about sure. um about the gospel. And then finally I'm, I'm also thinking of Bill Hybels. Mm. Um Bill Hybels is quite influential in the way that church works. Um and I'm talking about the new contemporary church when it comes to the leadership model. Mm. So he was a big voice in um, shaping the leadership model of churches today. Uh, particularly, he runs this organization called, or he used to, uh, before he resigned, the Global Leadership Summit. Oh, I'm yeah. sure you've Jealous, heard of it. Yeah. Yes. So, mm. um, so he kind of spearheaded that okay. organization and that mm. um, that movement. Uh, and who was also caught up in a few um, sexual scandals. Mm. It had been reported over the years and there is no action taken and it's only recently where one person stood firm and then the other victims kind of um, surfaced and said, mm. this had happened to me too. Sure. Tian, I want you to weigh in on um, particularly one because I know we've spoken a lot yeah. about Ravi and mm. um, we've looked up to him a lot. Mm. Um, so what was your initial reaction to the news of um, Ravi Zacharias? And I'm saying before it was confirmed and then after like that progression, what was your take on it? Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was interesting because I think we were all sort of on edge, waiting for the news to come out or waiting for RZIM to give a statement. Um, and then when they initially did, you know, um, mid, you know, still mid investigation, they came out and it came out that he had been uh, there had been sexual misconduct at yeah. his day spa and that the, the allegations are true. I think, like many people who who followed, you know, RZIM and were you know students of RZIM, listened yeah. to. Um, the the discussions, you know, massive apologetics, mm. um, and really helpful stuff. You know, yeah. you know, base level pillar stuff for our faith. Mm. Um, I know for many of us, we've we've gone there, and I think um, to to then hear this news was devastating. Yeah. Truthfully, um, I think, yeah, I think for an entire community, for thousands of people globally, mm. um, I think there was, you know, an immediate sense of like loss and mm. and, and you know mourning. Um, you know the loss of what they thought was true, and mm. and I think for me too, I think like like many of us, we initially the idea or the thought was um, flip man, you know yeah. that's horrible yeah. uh, because it's a testimony tainted, and it's mm. all that good work, all that you know hours of of things I've listened to now. Does that come into question? So yeah. I think it starts just leaving you with a lot of questions right off the bat, and so true. it it not only makes you guess, you know. The, the ministry or what's been said or yeah. taught but then also you know your own theology what you thinking mm. you know what you live by and how you communicate the gospel so yeah. initially very devastating yeah. um but then weirdly um mm. i think you know for me as a man pretty liberating and, wow. and freeing in a, in a weird way yeah i think freeing because uh yeah, we, we, we hold men to an incredible standard, especially men mm. that, that uh, hold big ministry or mm. um, are influential. And I think my I was relieved because hopefully it opens up a discussion. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, a discussion like this, you know, yeah. this is exactly what it's done. It's, 
now allowed for us to engage in a space where we can actually unpack some of this and why these things so happen, yeah. how they come to be, um, what does the word say about it, you know, and, yeah. and how should we view, you know, men in these positions, um, mm. their ministries, and, and where are, are we putting things, you know, in the right places? Are we, mm. are we putting things where there shouldn't be uh, things on, on pedestals yeah. or creating idols where, you know, they, they maybe should not be? Um, and yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's a good, good discussion point, maybe. Yeah, yeah. so good. Um, just like keeping with that theme of um, holding men to an impossible standard, holding mm. Christian leaders. Mm. You know, I think men in general, but then we get leaders, mm. Christian mm. leaders. Um, already there's a lot of moral expectation around mm. Christianity. And then when you go deeper into um, somebody who's meant to lead, a flock or lead mm. you know people especially today i think because it's so um blown up with mm. social media yeah, and yeah. you know there's almost this it's easy to gain christian celebrity mm. status yeah that's true so i think with that um what do you think the the expectation versus what the real responsibility is how would you um separate those two or how would you compare the two um yeah i think i think you're right you know mm. like the the fact that in a in a in the blink of an eye, mm. a story can go to millions of views. You know, viewers oh, yeah. all over the world. It's no longer something that can be contained within mm. a community. It's no longer, yeah. um, you know, it's going to blow up. And I think it does. It elevates that responsibility. And I think the expectation, you know, would be that you know, obviously, if you know that you are within the public eye, mm. if you know that you are held to a certain standard, yeah. that you are carrying a testimony um, that is not only yours but also that of uh, you know God yeah. you know yeah. Jesus you are you're, if you're preaching the gospel and you know you believe that this is the truth that you want to communicate then mm. I think it does hold you to an incredible standard and mm. and I think it's it's a shame and it's sad when men yeah. aren't able to maintain that mm. um, but I think there's also there's, there's so much grace um, yeah. in that space and I think we as people need to be aware of, you know, where do, to what standard do we hold these people? Mm. Where do we place them in terms of where they sit in our, you know, our yes. lives or, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the expectation is, is obvious to a point, you know. Mm. Um, we don't want to taint the testimony of the gospel. Mm. Um, but, you know, that in reality, that's such a hard thing to attain for, for all people because, mm. uh, as, as, as Paul writes, you know, for all have fallen short. Yeah. Uh, of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short. And yeah. at some point our flesh will creep in yeah. um, and does disrupt um, this this beautiful testimony of Christ. It's, mm. it's the story of the Bible. It's the story of man and God. And it goes back all the way to Genesis. Is Good, this yeah, inability to, to sort of maintain the standard. Mm. Um, and so the line is super thin and super hard to navigate. Mm. Um, and it's very rare that people are actually able to then, or men are in particular, are able to walk on yeah. that narrow path you yeah. know and not slip off or fall off or mm. you know bump their heads um, along the way good yeah um, yeah so with that with that said um i absolutely agree i think um the standard of holiness and righteousness can only tr be truly found through christ mm. right mm. um we are the righteousness of christ we take on what he mm. you know like his his death and resurrection and now he's placed his righteousness mm. on us um my question further than that would be looking at leadership in mm. particular mm. um i think there is a certain standard that is held if you look in the book of timothy just how that lays out what is needed and what is required of a man to serve mm. um mm. to serve in ministry 
um, a man of one wife, a man of mm. good character. You know, like, and mm. this list mm. goes on. Um, I should have pulled that up, but it's okay. <laughs> I think most people listening would know. Um, but standards like that versus um, just a general standard to be perfect. So I think there is, obviously it's unfounded and unreal to place this expectation on somebody to not mm. sin mm. and to not have fleshly desires. Um, what do you think a man can do? Because I don't think God puts those standards together and says, well, I know you're going to fail anyways, particularly mm. in leadership. Mm. What do you think was lacking or is lacking in these situations for a leader, a Christian leader, um, to be able to fall so far off? Because I think one slip up is one situation, but in mm. situations where it's ongoing mm. um, and without without real repercussions, mm. you know, until it blows up. Yeah. For example, the situation with Ravi. Yeah. Um, there was an incident in 2017 where um, he was sexting a, a young mm. lady and she had reported it. It sounds like Arzim kind of put it yeah. in the, you know, yeah. covered it up a little bit. Um, but he, it just feels like there was no accountability for that. Mm. Um, and on top of that, only now all of these cases are blowing mm. up. So what can you, what do you think the people around him as well as he himself could have done to protect himself from not falling so far off um, the track? Yeah, I think, I think in this case in particular, mm. um, really hard to do. And I, and I think it's for maybe, yeah, for, for this reason in, mm. in, you know, in my mind, I, when we don't ha- hold Christ as the ultimate example, mm. like you're saying, you know, it's only Christ that's actually yeah. able to then guide us or lead us or show us, you know, how we yeah. are to live. Mm. When we when we elevate people to to God's status because of the position that they hold, because of yeah. the ministry that they, you know, that they are part of, um, mm. because of the good work that they've done, um, because we believe them to be integrous and good, you know. Yeah. Then, then, then what we do is we, we we're creating idols um, mm, mm. of people. Yeah. Uh, but and, and so even within organisations themselves, it mm. then becomes hard to, you know, uh, you know, have some form of, uh, you know, authority or um, accountability mm. um, amongst you know leadership group because he's the head of the organisation. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. this example to many and people within the organisation. Yeah. And I think um, it becomes harder and harder. The more we elevate people to these, you know, these places, the more, yeah. you know, the more traction people gain, and the more famous or you know, mm. these people become, it becomes harder to keep them accountable. Yeah. Um, and so I think it has to, for me. I think the the accountability lies in in tight knit, you know, smaller community st- mm. structures for those people in particular. Yeah. Um, it means having two or three people close by that that person is still journeying with that he's not journeying alone i mm. feel like that, that yeah. that's what often happens these people become you know it's so hard for them to actually confide and trust or work through or talk through anything with anyone because they i think they get yeah. isolated because we as people actually create these structures that then put them on the pedestal Absolutely. and they, they're alone yeah. you know um mm. unable to really discuss or i don't know if they have the opportunity as much then to confess or if, if they're not being held accountable by a good friend or yeah. by uh, a loyal colleague or by someone who's, whose heart is in the right place, then mm. are they going to, you know, main, be, maintain, you know, integrity? We know what happens yeah. when, when we become like a bit lazy, for example. Um, once you're lazy for yeah. a little bit and you, you don't know, deal with it, you know, then yeah. it, it, it extends. The rabbit then. hole. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so I think it's a sim- similar thing, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Absolutely. 
Um, I think accountability is definitely a big thing mm. within the church. Um, I understand what you're speaking about when it comes to, um, I think sometimes people put put accountability partners around them who still look up to them and mm. who still idolize them, mm. you know? So I think there is a need to kind of like step back, like you said, mm. and say, um, who are the people that I'm placing around me to have a voice, mm. who are going to speak into to my life? And um, to the point with that, I will listen. Mm. Um, but I find that a lot of these, and I think it helps to have somebody outside of your organization, oh, sure. you know, as yeah. a man, just like people who are not afraid of you, who don't yeah. idolize yeah. you, who don't kiss your feet, you Definitely. know, or the ground that you walk on. Definitely. Um, but I think that's so hard. And like, especially with the, the matter of the ego, you know, mm. and like mm. pride. Yes. Honestly, every time I've had conversations with men mm. um, about sexual sin and their struggle, there is a closely related, you know, just issue of pride. Mm. There's always the conversation of sure. pride and lust. And mm. sometimes I think the pride trumps the lust. Mm. I agree. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think for me, um, mm. pride has been one of those root issues throughout. Wow. I yeah. think if I had to sort of go to and, and, and work through the different things that I struggle with, mm. often at the end of that trail, I'm going to yeah. find pride. And wow. and I think for many men, it's rooted there. And I think it, it makes sense publicly, mm. not only, you know, uh, from what we can you know, see and identify here, but mm. more so if you look at the word and if you go back all the way to the creation account and the fall of uh, Satan, then and you, you sort of look at those two things. What I've seen is that it was, it was pride and rebellion yeah. that got you know satan kicked from heaven so true. um it it was pride and rebellion that had man uh, eat of and take of the fruit mm. um and it was this it's this I, I feel like that it's this flesh desire mm. that's rooted in the heart of all men yeah every man man and woman mm. now i'm speaking man and woman yeah to to want to be god mm. it, it goes back yes. to it yeah. goes back to wanting to be god yeah and i think that's what the enemy did um, yeah. I think that's what man wanted to be mm-hmm. um, and I think that is deeply a prideful thing yeah. but I, I think it's a power struggle within our own hearts um, that, that that was has always been there and, and mm. will be there until I think the return of Christ yeah. and, and you know the new kingdom and your new earth you wow. know, being established so, so true yeah and I think a lot of the stuff that we're discussing here can mm. actually be you know taken back to that moment in time all those moments but then I think you're right you know like how do we deal with that stuff Mm. now and how do we discuss it or work through it so that we can find breakthrough for people who are stuck in cycles of sexual sin and Mm. hidden sin and you know immense brokenness yeah like these pastors obviously or these leaders were yeah yeah that's so good that's so so good um so with that I want to shift gears just a little bit and look at it from a woman's perspective yeah sure um because one thing with with these conversations i never wanted to make it a faceless thing we remove faces Mm. um and we remove people from um issues but i think in a conversation like this i really want to look at the victims and say there are people you know Mm. behind Mm. all of these things as much as like as much as we want to have conversations about grace we want to have conversations about um i don't know just you know like allowing ourselves to see perspective Mm -hmm. i think we need to also look on the side of the victims who, for example have stepped away from faith who don't follow jesus anymore because of this people who are living with the trauma um Mm. and the shame Mm. um and yeah it's just like they're real faces and they're real um people behind 
these these stories. Do yeah, you know what and I, mean? I think it would be yeah an evil to negate the actions of men and say mm. you know um, these things just happen or this is yeah. just a part of the world that you know a broken yeah. messy world. Yeah, yeah. I know we we are called to to I believe to work towards more and better mm. um, and to create pockets of uh, little pockets of heaven and I you know where that's yeah. where this stuff, sort of thing is happening. Um, we need to address it and sort of talk, talk into yeah. it. Yeah. So around the conversation on women, mm. a trend that I've seen that is not necessarily just in Christianity, and I, I won't say it's a Christian thing at all, but you'll you'll see it in Hollywood, you'll see it in um, music, in mm. just different areas of how women are sort of seen as a prize for success. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're you know like with, without even skipping a beat, people mm. will say, "Oh, he's got the woman." The, the yeah, cars, yeah, the yeah, you know, it's yeah. almost like this um, blanket statement of I have riches the and women. Ra- rap lyrics. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's just like um, even if a man is successful, oh, you know, the woman chasing me. Mm, you know, mm. it becomes like this um, validation yeah. of a man's manhood. Masculinity. Yeah, his yeah. masculinity. Yeah, sure. If he can possess women, you know, mm. like if he can have this hold of being desired by mm. women, and I know with women being desired. Is, is quite essential to mm. our femininity and sure, our yeah. um, just our identity as yeah, women. Yeah. Where do you think that fits in for wow. men? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm so glad we got to this. Yeah. Um, what I what I've learned in the last two years and mm. and sort of at looking at my own masculinity and yeah. and and this tension, I I have a beautiful girlfriend who you are friends with. She's lovely. And Shout I out think, to you, Danny. Yeah, we, lo- we <laughs> love you, Dan. Um, and I just think she's been so pivotal in in yeah. helping me understand so many of these things. Yeah. Um, but outside of you know her involvement in my life and our relationship, there's also been you know someone like. Uh, John Aldridge wrote a book, Reno- uh, Wild at Heart, mm. not Renovation of Heart, that's <laughs> yeah. Dallas Willard, but yeah. Wild at Heart, he, he brings to, to the forefront this idea that only true masculinity can affirm masculinity. And wow. I think that's been a, a wrestle because I've, I've you know, uh, like I said, Dan's actually helped me affirm my masculinity in beautiful ways. Yeah. She loves me well, she looks after me, she cares for me, yeah. she challenges me on things and, and in that space affirms my masculinity. Mm. But I still find that uh, a deep part of who I am as a man and the, the, the depths of who I am more often and mostly are affirmed by other men yeah. um, and leaders um, and then obviously my father. You sure. know? So I think getting back to your question around mm. um, you know, why this tends to happen, why a woman then you know these prizes or yeah. these these objects that men sort of I think it's obviously rooted in deep yeah. insecurity that men help hold mm, you know mm. um, and I think what's maybe not discussed at the moment as much as maybe what it should be is mm. this idea that men actually are feeling super insecure mm. are feeling uh, you know I, I think they feel their, their masculinity is being threatened mm. to a large degree um, how so here's how mm. I, I feel um, I think a lot of the conversation that's happening at the moment yeah. um, and, and the trends, in, you know, whether it's in the job market or mm. things are slowly shifting for women, which is mm. the best thing ever. And, uh, you know, for you know, decades, this, this fight that women have been, this plight of women yes. to, to, you know, fight for equity and equality, mm. there's, there's now fruit, you know, there's fruit of that. Yeah. Um, 
but I think men have measured the mes- masculinity incorrectly. Sure. And so now when women step into different spaces um, or roles where men mm. have previously, ocu- which men have previously occupied, yeah. they feel lost. Yeah. And they don't feel worth much if they can't fulfill those roles or they don't have the opportunities because the, the, the playing field is leveling mm. out. Um, and so then that anger, that frustration, that, that um, is now definitely we saw throughout lockdown and mm. th- that's being poured out on women yeah, um, and has yeah. you know historically it's not like we're dealing with an issue that is a century old or mm. it's it's throughout history this has been an issue yeah, yeah. um so but true. even more so i think today yeah. um and i think maybe because men don't have opportunity to communicate sure. we don't know how um the truth is we don't actually know how mm. um i think Dan has been a, a massive help in helping me learn mm. what it means to sit with people, mm. never mind other men, and actually communicate what's happening what's, in my heart, what you're you know, feeling, yeah. my insecurities, yeah. um, the way I feel about myself, yeah. my body image, um, mm. things that you know I think women discuss well and yeah. freely and communicate beautifully about because they've had practice and mm. they've had to, you know, in order yeah. to be heard. Um, men don't know how because historically they haven't had to you know so true man Um, and so I just feel that uh, a lot of it is not understood because we're not actually allowing or teaching men how to have these conversations Mm. you know and then I think a lot of those frustrations are poured out on women in, in these abuse cases but then also men are then constantly striving to towards you know getting that that hot girl or yeah. the good looking woman or the car and the the the, the, the girl and the, the house because mm. the, that's that's what historically has been the measure of a man or his success yeah. Yeah. and so there's no very little to no conversation happening around what it means truly to be successful yeah. as a man wow. and and what it yeah you don't speak about being a good husband mm. you know um, as much as what we speak about making money yeah you don't speak about yeah. um, being an integrous father or a good father to your children as much as what we do you know compare uh, compare jobs mm. amongst men you know mm. oh, you do this i do that yeah that places me here in the hierarchy and you there i think yeah. the conversation needs to change yeah. before anything changes the the, the the toxic masculinity's got to yeah, go. Yeah. You know, but that buzzword, but, but yeah. it is, yeah. No, but it does. <laughs> yeah. It needs to change and it needs to go, but so good. less so um I think in I think women women have a in, incredible role to play here and we mm. need you. We need yeah. your guys help because the truth is we don't know how to communicate about these things. Mm. We don't know how to talk uh, and and actually, you know, pull out from the depths of our hearts these these evils wrongs brokenness you know mm. brokenness and, and actually bring them to light so that they can be worked through and addressed yeah and be held so we, that we can be held accountable yeah because it all stays hidden unless we bring it to the surface yeah. and and yeah. it's from there that i feel often these massive atrocities and big issues arise from is not actually yeah. having dealt with or you know but I, i'm not putting the onus on women yeah. i'm saying men need to learn yeah i think can learn from women. we can partner exactly. with one another in this yeah and actually learn how to communicate and support each other well yeah, um, in a way that's so not good. toxic towards yeah. one another or obviously then to women as yeah. you know as a result i love that you're saying that especially the part of partnering with each other to just like mm. men need to be helping women in our issues and women need to be helping men in I, their I issues that's you know? what god called us to absolutely right at the beginning, you know? absolutely and i think um if you look at the issue with um with men in general just like the conversation around them being 
unable to speak and unable to you know express feelings mm. and stuff like that i think my my question or my point of view what i've seen has been that um as a woman we've had many conversations around sexuality mm. right um around teenage years or pre-teen years mm. you're already called into the space where we dress nice and mm. like we bring they bring out a china cup and a mm. polystyrene cup and you're told you know if you give yourself to men and if you define yourself based on your sexuality you're like this polystyrene cup and they can drink out of you and just chuck you but mm. a china cup is kept in the cabinet yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> and you know it's just like she's only pu it's pulled out but then it's carefully taken care of and yeah. put back and it's so valuable yeah. um and we have a lot of these conversations on just expressing you know our sexuality and how that should be something you hold mm. you really hold back on and basically but also your intrinsic told, value as woman absolutely right? absolutely yeah. um and how value yeah definitely value is held in in these mm. yeah in these images mm. um but it's just such a, a daunting you know just like a raw image to see a polystyrene cup versus mm. a china sure, mug yeah. you know um and i think women have had these conversations for the longest time mm. I don't know what conversation looks like on the a male side like when it comes to Christian circles and uh, like mm. you maybe you can get into that just now. Mm. Um but I think coming back to from a female's perspective there's been that conversation but then on the like on the flip side we don't see that being spoken about from a male's perspective even in the church where a man is still celebrated for being able to pull chicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah. mean? But it's just like but on the other side you're telling those chicks that they're polystyrene cups mm. and they should protect themselves but you celebrating men That's for being twisted, able to yeah. you know it's just like it, there's no synergy, mm. there's no flow and I haven't felt I think my struggle has been that there hasn't been consensus in the way that we spoke speak about sexuality in the church no. from a woman's side and a men's perspective sure. and sometimes even that there is so much enmity between men and women when yeah. it comes to these topics mm. so it's just like it's you versus us mm. and not necessarily let's come together and have these conversations yeah. so what is your perspective on how men um can do better or if they are doing better and we just don't know about it as women because those conversations are not had together what do you think yeah um truthfully so if i look at my own experience mm -hmm. um it's only very recently as as i you know the only gap i've found or seen you know in, mm. to communicate about this is once i've actually personally had the revelation that oh i can actually talk about these things yeah i can i can communicate about my deepest insecurities mm. greatest fears my biggest worries and and i think uh having been able to do that yeah. initially then allows me to realize okay uh well now I can start doing this with my brother mm. and and uh, not just Isaac across the hall but uh you know my other friends yeah. and my my greater friend circles and then start you know start unpacking those things with mm. them um having been asked the right questions yeah. I'm now able to ask those questions and then and then just sit and talk and discuss and Good. figure out together in in godly community Good. the truth is the conversations not happening mm. there is no conversation yeah. it's not that we they they may be being not being had enough or that it's just simply not happening. Mm, I hear there, that, there, yeah. there is no conversation because of pride. And so sure. we've touched on that. Mm. There's I think there's like this copy paste thinking around, you know, the world says to a man he needs to be uh you know, put together, sorted out financially, mm. he needs to look a certain way, he needs to behave a certain way. Yeah. And often that that idea or the picture that's painted there is of like a rock hard 
you know, unmovable mm. human being. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just weird when Christ says that he is the rock mm. and, and when he compares himself to that, I don't think, I don't think it's anything like what we, you know, yeah. what we say men should be. And so I think there's this copy so paste, good. you know, from secular circles to a church context mm. thing where, you know, these things continue. They actually filter in because yeah. they're not being addressed with good theology yeah. um, and yeah. good teaching. Um, and, and I think that maybe brings us to another point, which would be, and it's a global issue, a lack of discipleship. Mm. Um, in general. In general. Not even gender-based, like just discipleship. And we, yeah. we can get into trouble for yeah. for these types of conversations mm. because uh, I think we've both, you know, had, I don't know, historically yeah. struggled with the lack of discipleship, being yeah. hungry to to want to learn from people who are older or mm. more experienced or who have gone the, through the theology and yeah. the theological training, but then the opportunity not being there or mm. people not being willing yeah. um, or we not listening, yeah. you know, we're not yeah. listening well. Or, so mm. there's, I don't know, um, I just think there's all these dynamics at play mm. and at work and it's super hard to sort of define or pinpoint, you know, this, this idea of sexual yeah. sin. Um, to one thing, I think it's a culmination of a whole bunch of different issues. Yeah. And and um, like I think it's Dallas Willard that says, you know, the, the the human problem is the problem with the human heart. Mm. And so I think it is all yeah. rooted there, um, and and comes from things like pride. And but it's it's multifaceted and and not yeah. such a simple thing to break down over. I think one conversation. Yeah, it needs not. to be discussed. Men need to have these conversations. They mm. need to pick these things apart. But they unfortunately just truthfully have not been given the tools to do so. Wow. Um, we, we don't know how. Mm. Um, and mm. I think I am slowly learning that, okay, one, it's actually possible to do yeah, this. Yeah. And two, that there are tools to do this. Biblical yeah. tools, God-given tools, His Word, um, that can actually allow for us to open up these these. Yeah dormant you know hidden things and actually bring them to light yeah just to touch on that with what you said i love that you're saying the bible the word of god gives us these tools like any um i don't want to say toxic masculinity but it's like a reality Mm. masculinity Mm. that's not rooted in the word and that um kind of lends itself to brokenness Mm. um that is not the standard that was not at the center of what god's design was right but it's the same for for uh you know if, if you're a woman and it's yeah, feminine, in, absolutely same absolutely. thing if you're a human being yeah and it's it's you know it's it's, yeah. a, it's the same issue throughout you know amazing yeah. that's yeah. so so true so i want to ask you mm. what are some of these biblical truths that you've found for your own personal journey mm. in um what it truly looks like to be a godly man to be a man let me not just say a godly mm. man a man in general what was god's design and what have you found in the word mm. yeah i think every day you know it's every day it's a it's a seeking because the truth is what I'm wrestling with today might not be what I'm wrestling with in a week yeah as a man you mm. know but the what I have found is that throughout scripture um, especially in the life and the account of Jesus mm. there's so many examples from him he himself you know from yeah. God himself whether it was in how he dealt with the Israelites in the Old Testament mm. or, or kings or prophets or whether he, you know, how Jesus walked amongst mm. Pharisees and uh, you know, Gentiles and all these different people that he yeah. encountered, there is an example, and it is Jesus. Mm. And outside of looking to Christ, um, there is no help to be found. Mm. There is no, 
we in our own strength cannot actually attain anything yeah. and so it is not only the word but also the the holy spirit that that helps us there's there's no guide or i don't believe that there's mm. a 10 step guide to becoming a better man yeah. i don't think there's i think it is really looking to have our identity rooted in christ mm. and obviously that that is the story of the gospel so yeah. as long as it, we're looking towards jesus the whole time i feel yeah. as a man that is that is the best advice i could give any other man yeah. is to to not look towards other men even not to look towards the ravis or mm. the Karl Lentz or arts you know but mm. but to look towards christ because yeah. he he is unfailing um yeah he he, he lived a perfect life and, mm. and each man can understand how impo- nearly impossible that is or yeah. difficult that might be yeah. and so if 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 he did it and which he did yes. then it's it's really cool to to actually look towards him in that space so and good and i think so one thing we forget sometimes is that jesus was fully man yeah. and fully god walking uh-huh. on here so when it talks about temptations some of us think like for example we mentioned you know the him being te- tempted in the wilderness mm. it's not like the devil just showing up and saying you know like let me just throw these ideas mm. around it's called the temptation because mm. jesus was tempted yeah. <laughs> it's stuff that he desired oh, sure. but he had to resist mm. and i think sometimes we and i guess maybe i'm speaking just for me but in many different regards mm. we have to realize that there is freedom in being tempted mm. being tempted is not a sin Mm-mm. giving in to yes. temptation is a sin and i think sometimes mentally um, we already condemn ourselves <laughs> when we are tempted. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but I just, I just love that idea that Jesus walked on this earth. Like he's not, he's so well acquainted mm. with the struggles of mankind. He's mm. well acquainted with what it means to live in this flesh. Mm. Um, and yet, yet he knew how to walk outside of that. He knew how to walk above that. Mm. Um, and he gives us his Holy Spirit to mm. be able to be the guide for that. So mm. like none of this stuff is in the air or abstract. Mm. Like he doesn't dangle this carrot in front of us and say, this is the standard of righteousness mm-hmm. and walk away and watch us, you know, like <laughs> try and reach it. He, with he no gives us tools exactly. right, to actually. And, and if you look at the temptation account, yeah. you know, when Jesus was taken into the desert and mm. tempted by the enemy, his response there wasn't anything but he's given us the tool he said mm. he said there when the, when the enemy tempted him he said it is written yeah he referred back to the scriptures the word, yeah. he went back to uh the the, the truth and and, and held and gave us the tools so throughout the the, yeah. the gospel account there are many hidden gems there for us to actually tap into mm. um on a very practical very basic level yeah. um that can actually help us deal with these things on a day-to-day basis wow. and i found yeah. that they are there but it takes intentional seeking and looking for them it takes not ignoring it or making the issue seem as if it isn't mm. um or just going with the social trend and doing what men do uh but actually like stopping taking account for where you're at and yeah. then being brave enough to actually go and say um, I'm not gonna be. Mm. I'm not gonna be. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. This world is so full of destruction and brokenness, yeah. and there are so many men doing so many atrocious things globally. I mm. do. I choose because I've chosen Christ. I have the ability to choose otherwise, yeah. and I choose to pursue Christ and to 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 at least try do better. Good. To to at least try allow for the Word to wash over me, the Spirit mm. to influence my hand. Yeah. And, and and hopefully by that, you know, live a more integrous Amen. life, become yeah. a better leader um, of my home, of my, my occupation or my, my workspace or, or like these people of ministry spaces as mm, well. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Mm. That's so, so good. 
the freedom that we find like i always say this like <laughs> almost like a broken record that jesus never asks us to do anything outside of giving us the tools to do it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um he asks us to produce the fruit of the spirit it's the spirit who produces mm-hmm. the fruit he asks us to love him but it's the spirit who mm-hmm. helps mm-hmm. who helps us do that so there's so much freedom to be found in that sure, you know and if yeah. we can just grab a hold of that and say temptation within itself mm. is normal mm. <laughs> temptation within itself is human mm. but how we navigate temptation how we walk in the way that we place um ourselves in terms of community and accountability and where we turn to in the word mm. you know like do we turn to the word or do we turn to the world like or do we um, turn to people to people you and, know and leaders yeah uh, because yeah. i think um, even even in you were saying earlier, like in in Paul writes about a thorn in his flesh mm. in his side, and and that's around his own temptations and and his own sense of lack. Yes, and I think there he he even says, and and I'm paraphrasing, mm. but he says something to the extent of, "Don't look towards me." He's trying to show them, you know, even I have a thorn. Mm. Don't look towards me. I, you know, we idolize the Pauline gospel, mm. you know, Paul, Pauline theology and. You know what he wrote but he, even there he's saying like don't look towards yeah. me look towards the christ yeah look towards jesus as the perfect example mm. because every man is valuable every man has something that 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 you know is going to bring him down mm. and i think when when we idolize people again and we put them in these different spaces where they yeah. should not be um i think it's god is so intentional in making that the first command is like do not make mm. idols, you know, do not yeah. have other gods before, yeah, me. before me. He's speaking about those two things first because they hold an incredible gravity to them. They, mm. The results and the consequences of not actually doing that, of, of creating idols, yeah. because we all do it. Yeah. We're all made to worship. And, oh, yeah. And we're all being formed spiritually. And, and with, you know, those are not choices we have, but we mm. do have choices as to by what and in which direction and, absolutely and we've got to so make good. those hard choices you yeah know? that's so good mm. um you spoke earlier about just um you know everything just starting from the garden of eden everything mm. starting from how we're created and mm. you know temptation of the flesh and all of that um one thing about sexual desire and i think it's something i had this conversation with some colleagues this week where um they were saying before you were married the enemy wants to do everything to get you in bed with somebody but mm. after you're married he does everything to keep you out of bed yeah. with your spouse <laughs> do you know what i mean like um so it is like sexual desire within itself is not bad mm. you know it's like the context mm. in which it fits in and For the sure. way that it is utilized um kind of determines whether mm. or not you know it is sin or righteous mm. so um, this statement, sexual desire is from God, but sexual immorality is sin. What does that mean to you and how have you been able to kind of nav- navigate that space? As a single man, mm. like who's not married yet. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and deeply wants to be married. Mm, absolutely. And, 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 not, and obviously, for you know, I think, yeah, um, uh, the general... I haven't come to a conclusion, but yeah. I think some of the ideas that I might have formed is that sexual conduct outside of its original context and purpose, mm. anything outside of that is is misconduct. Yeah. And so is, immor- so is immorality. But I think mm. the world has called us to try and stretch that line as far as possible. Yeah. We, we flirt with that line consistently Sheesh. because we want to entertain a, a gospel mm. that is not that is not holding to that rigid 
in, intention of God because and because we think we, we want to take again it's that desire for power mm. we ourselves want to determine what is good and what is not for ourselves mm. and I think like we, we we look to push these boundaries in spaces and, and I'm saying like anything yeah. outside of marriage is is going to have consequences going to be damaging yeah um, and and that's sort of the conclusion that I've made there is like mm. this this desire that we have this natural desire for intimacy yeah um, will be misplaced if it's anywhere outside of relationship with Christ first and mm. then godly marriage with another human being mm. it, it's just bound for destruction and yeah. brokenness um, and it's sad because that, that was never the intention you know mm. like you said it's a god-given desire yeah and it was so that we would flourish as human beings so that we would sub go and subdue the earth populate it and be fruitful you know mm. but that of course the uh, you know, the enemy is going to want to obscure like you said like yeah. before and after it's, he's going to want to obscure that ideal because he, and, and he does that through you know appealing to again to our pride to mm. to our own desire for power to to us you know being holding up ourselves to some yeah. standard etc yeah. etc sure so that is a wrap for this half of the conversation i hope that it helped cultivate some empathy and conviction for you as it did for me be sure to look out for part two as we continue to delve deeper and unpack this topic further we'll catch you then <laughs>